Welcome to the Live Fit Listens podcast, a safe space of growth, personal development, and overall wellness with your host, Olivia Catania. Diving into the realms of all things health, conscious living, mental expansion, and much more, this podcast is designed to help you evolve into your best self and live fit. Let's get into the show. What's up, you guys? What's going on? Welcome back to the podcast of Live Fit Listens podcast, episode 11. What a lovely divine number. Gotta love it. I'm feeling kind of like jumble brained this morning for some reason. Like I've tried to f- start this episode like three or four times and I keep stuttering or just mixing up my words for whatever reason, which I'm kind of like, oh no, because I'm going to have to be talking for the next 12 or long, but hopefully we'll get back on it. Like, you know, and we'll be back in the game and we'll be smooth with our words and it'll be fine. <laughs> but today we are doing a juicy q and I'm really excited for this. I'm literally in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, just trying to get cozy, talk to you guys on a lovely Sunday morning. And we're just going to dive into some of these questions. You guys asked really good questions. I told you to make them juicy. If, if you don't know if or, or if you missed it, I posted a question box on my Instagram story. So that's where these questions are coming from at LiveFit on Instagram if you don't follow me already. Um, but you, I said like make them deep and like thought provoking so we could really get into it. And man, you guys understood the assignment. Like I'm stoked to get into these to say the least. I'm really excited because I am like I've enjoyed doing these on YouTube, but I feel like I always needed to like I would edit so much out so it would be like a reasonable YouTube video length. But here I feel like we're going to be able to get the full spectrum of things. And now you can just, you know, turn on the podcast and just let me go and you guys can listen and I am able to share my full ideas and all of that good stuff. So I usually also will outline my episodes. I don't have anything written, nothing prepped. We're just going to completely flow for this. I haven't even picked out any questions. Like I said, I'm in sweatpants and a sweatshirt and I just want this to be like a casual, chill, chatty little podcast. Um, so you guys can get a deeper look into my mind and learn more about me and get some life advice, whatever the case may be. Um, but before we get into it, for my gratitude, I can't skip it. Not to be so annoying, but like the my gratitude is something really huge that I just finalized the plans for and I can't tell you it yet. So not to be annoying, but it is big and that's why like I'm like, I can't choose anything else for my gratitude today. Like it's that, but I just need to wait to tell you guys it. It's going to be an awesome announcement. It's super exciting for all of us, all parties involved. And I'm excited to share it with you guys. And I kind of can't believe it's going to happen. But so just stay tuned because that announcement's going to be coming. These next few months are going to be pretty epic to say the least. And another thing, this is going to link into one of the first questions that I'm starting with. But I literally saw something on because honestly, like I'm not even going to cap which I also want to talk about this because I feel like I am in the quote unquote, like, I don't want to say public eye. What do I say? Like, I don't, like I, I post my life, like people see me and I feel like people always assume that like, oh, she never, you know, has days where she's not confident or whatever. I'm just going to let you know the past like week I've been like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, interesting. Who is that? That's, that's interesting. So a hundred percent, I full force, like still do not have confident days my face is breaking out which I am supposed to get my period but like usually I don't have breakouts like this so I don't know if I ate something but like it's no bueno I'm next level pale I had to pluck my eyebrows which I actually did this morning thank the lord and I'm a little bit my face when I'm not as tan I already have very round face very fat cheeks I don't need anything else to help accentuate that but when I'm pale 
okay, like I am right now in peak winter, it's even worse. And I always, I'm like a little bit fluffier than I was in the summer because I haven't been doing it. Like I'm just not as active outside, haven't been walking as much by any means. And so it's just like, you know, it's all there at once. And then I saw something on TikTok last night and it was like, (laughs) just a reminder. It was like, you're not ugly. It's just January. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. That's exactly what I need to hear because it's so true. And that's something, a shallow thing, but something that I learned over my 22 years of living. You can't, you can't, (laughs) you can't expect to feel, you know, on top of the world midwinter, at least for me. I just can't. I just, it's my, it's the day, things ebb and flow in life, you know, including your looks and like summer, that's my season. You know, that's when I feel like the most beautiful. That's when I'm like, oh, I'm that girl. Not in the, I let someone else take the stage. I I take a step back. I say, you know what? You can go be that girl. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to regroup. This is my hibernation period. I'll reemerge in the spring. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And I did want to tie this into a question um, to start us off. It says what to do when self-love feels silly or undeserved slash unearned or too indulgent. And someone else asked, why is self-love so hard to reach was the second question. So two immediate ones that I'm seeing on self-love here. And so I just wanted to let's just talk about it. So here's like a big basic principle, okay, with my opinion or my view on self-love or like my own personal practice of self-love. I guess in direct response to that question of when they said, why is self-love so hard to reach? I feel like kind of tying back into the last episode of like external validation. Sometimes I feel like a reason why it feels so hard to reach is because we are depending on things that are Uh, You know, we want self-love to be a constant, right? But we're depending our self-love on inconsistent variables, which is kind of silly when you think about it, which is also funny because the other question says, what's doing self-love feel silly, which we'll get to. But so like, for example, like I feel like sometimes it may feel hard to reach for some people because they only can feel like they can love themselves when they like the way they look, when they're proud of their accomplishments, when they feel social, when they feel like other people like them or when other people gave them a compliment. And it's like all those sorts of things that I feel like that's what makes it feel so much harder is because it's constantly shifting because you're having it depend on these inconsistent variables all the time. When self-love, like you guys know, I'm so big on this. It's hot in here today for some reason. I don't know why. But anyway, um, I feel like I like for me. Sorry, I totally just lost my train of thought. But for me, like when I like self-love should be something that's cultivated from the inside out. I always say that it's something developmental that you need to develop for yourself with a relationship with yourself at your core for like just having a soul for your energetic being for who you are for the awareness for the experiencer who's experiencing the experience like it needs to be that core foundational like you have to peel back all of those layers of the onions of how you look on the outside what people think of you your achievements your thoughts keep peeling back the onion until you get to the core root of who you are which is like I said the awareness the experiencer who's experiencing the experience your soul your energetic frequency like who you are your pulse that's what you need to learn to love and that's when you develop the that's where you develop the unwavering self-love and so it may feel hard to develop because you're not you're you're running through sand. Does that make sense? Like you're you're trying to run on sand when if you have to keep peeling back those layers and get to the point where you actually can get grip, you know, put chains on your tires so they can turn in the mud. Kind of that that sort of analogy for lack of a better term. I and it, it's like and I don't know, it almost sounds crazy, but like now that I think about it like it does make so much sense because it's like you don't need to d- depend 
on anything to make you love yourself. Like there's no variables in the equation. The only variable is you and love. It's like the same thing when you're trying to make plans with 15 different people. It's so hard to come to a conclusion or like all be on the same page. Whereas if it's just you and a friend, it's so much easier to make plans and to compromise and to like come up with a cohesive game plan. It's like the same thing. Like when you actually go to try to love who you're like, who you are at your core and you embody that, like that's when it gets easy because you're taking away all of the noise, all the ex- all the excess, all the extra stuff. And you're just really getting down to the core of it. And when this question says what to do when self-love feels silly or undeserved slash unearned or too indulgent, I totally understand that self-love can feel silly. And I especially like sometimes I feel like there's got to be people who kind of laugh at me when I say to like say affirmations out loud or some of the affirmations I post on my Instagram and stuff to like help, you know, truly cultivate that self-love through repetition and all that sort of stuff and reprogramming my mind and it does feel silly like you're not wrong especially when you when you first start it does feel very foreign and silly and cheesy and corny but you gotta I feel like a the more you do it the less silly it feels 100% and two that feeling silly and being like oh like this is so lame this is cheesy that's the ego that's the ego talking that's subconscious programs whether you realize it or not from other people through your upbringing who said like that stuff is lame like you're the one deciding that it's lame or not like you're the one who's giving it that definition when really it just is what it is like when self-love actually is a beautiful thing but our egos are telling us that you know, it's silly and too cheesy and we're too cool to be participating in affirmations and trying to cultivate true true self-love. Like that truly is all it is. Like it really is just your ego talking because like I said in the episode about the ego versus the highest self, the ego never feels worthy. So why would it want you to feel self-love? So that's why it kind of infringes on us in our mind and tells us, oh, it's silly. Oh, we don't need to do that. That's just freaking the ego. And the same thing, that's what makes it us feel undeserved or unearned um, or too indulgent. That's all the ego. That's all the ego. That's all your subconscious programming as well, telling you you don't deserve it from whatever you were told during the upbringing. You deserve self-love because you have a pulse and because you are a human being. It is a birthright. And honestly, I think self-love is the Self-love and confidence are the low-key like underlying ticket to success, happiness, joy, bliss, abundance, everything in life. Like if you are able to truly embody and harness confidence and self-love, which confidence comes from self-love, like you truly are limitless, like unstoppable, invincible force. And I think that's just like you, you know, stepping into your higher self and these episodes that I've spoken about in the past, I've already touched on this stuff, like stepping into your power and saying like, I deserve this because I'm me, because I have a pulse, because I know that I have beautiful attributes about me and so does everyone else. And that's why we all have our place in this world. And I'm choosing to have this point of view. So I stop limiting myself. We always let, like I always say, let other external factors take you out of the game, not your own self. Like why would you shoot yourself in the foot already by not giving yourself love, by not feeling like you're deserving there's going to be obstacles in life that's going to already be in your way in your path for you that's going to you know keep things interesting you don't have to do it yourself sweet cheeks you know what I mean you don't have to get in the way in your own way mentally to cause your own blocks and obstacles there's already going to be other things out there for you to do that so you need to have be the one to have the belief in yourself have the trust have the faith have the self-love know that you are deserving know that you you, there's nothing even to earn so no one needs to go earn self-love you don't need to go achieve something to feel like you can love yourself you don't need to be a size zero to feel like you can love yourself all of that is bullshit there's nothing to earn It's who you are at your core, at your frequency, and you need to step into your power and center yourself in that frequency 
and know that you deserve all these beautiful things and you're you're able to attract all of these things effortlessly into your life when you sit in that attracting power when you're in the offensive mode as opposed to in that defensive mode which I always talk about in life all right that was a little interesting spiel on uh, self-love but there we go what's something tragic you think everyone should go through in life super interesting question and immediately heartbreak 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 which again I feel like I can only speak through I can only speak about things that I've really gone through because I truly know the effects of them 100% heartbreak I think about this a lot some people I know haven't gone through it and I can like genuinely tell a difference in kind of development viewpoints uh depth of emotion uh if someone hasn't gone through like a thorough genuine heartbreak I really think I really really think about it and the people who meet someone and they're like oh and we just get married I'm not trying to come you know talk down on that but I do think going through a heartbreak is amazing for character development finding yourself growth uh you know learning how to express your emotions how to sort through your emotions I think heartbreak for sure has been my greatest teacher 100% how to be content being alone Slash how to not feel lonely without many friends. I feel like this comes up quite often. And kind of going back to self-love talk a little bit. Like I, another little thing I always tell myself is to be your own best friend. And, you know, I also say that you need to develop a relationship with yourself. Just like you would develop a relationship with any new friend. You're not going to meet them and you know have know everything about them and be able to comfortably spend time with them and sit in silence with them and all that sort of stuff like it takes time to get to know yourself just like it takes time to get to know someone else so I think it obviously you know broken record it comes with time you're going to be more content with being alone in time as it becomes your new normal um but you got to put in the effort, right? And it's just, you have to be patient with yourself and give yourself time to actually grow that relationship with yourself. And at first it is uncomfortable, but once you get kind of used to it and in the flow and you're comfortable with it, like it is the best thing in the world. And now I love being alone. That's where I recharge. That's where I'm the most creative. That's when I feel centered and grounded and come back to myself. Like I feel so at peace when I'm alone and there's so much power I feel in that comfortability with being with yourself. There's so much power in being able to just be with your mind and feel like that's a safe space for you, you know, right? Like you can make your mind a scary place or a safe space. It could be heaven on earth or hell on earth. So it really is up to you as to how you cultivate your inner inner space. And that is, again, a, I want to use the word weapon, but let's use the word resource that is so underutilized by so many when it is such a powerful resource if we're intentional, you know, with developing relationship with ourselves cultivating our headspace learning how to be alone and how to not feel lonely without many friends I feel that too I don't I don't hang out with a lot of people here in Utah I have like the same I literally have my same friends from when I was in high school and growing up like I have four really good friends who like you know, we would die for one another, but we like, I only live in the same state as one of them. I've met two other people here in Utah who I would say are my good friends, but like nothing, I don't have, I don't really have a huge friend group or anything like that. And I'm not going to lie. Like I don't feel lonely 
without them, without a lot of friends, but I do sometimes feel like I'm missing out on something. Like I'm like, is this normal? Like, should I be with people? Like, should I be with more friends? Even though like, I know that I don't always want to be with other people. So it's not even like, I don't know. I definitely understand what you're saying. I definitely go back and forth between feeling like, no, this is my decision. I don't want to be with people. And sometimes I'm like, well, should I be wanting to be with people? That sort of thing. But again, I feel like that's just like societal program creeping in. But something that I wanted to say, which I also saw this on Instagram a while ago, Um, which I actually wonder if I saved it, but I want to, I always am very careful when I use the word lonely because I feel like when people go to, you know, hang out with people or like have a significant other or have friends and they turn to them because they feel lonely that I don't like. And it kind of scares me a little bit because when you go to hang out with someone or be with someone out of because you feel lonely that just because just completely with the intention of lack you're coming from a place of lack and I feel like that's when there's you know attachment issues possessive issues controlling issues uh fear you know fear of abandonment feeling like oh no if they go away I'm gonna feel lonely and sad again because I'm using that external thing in person to fulfill fulfill an internal void which does not make any sense you're trying to fit a square into a circle and so that is I just am very you know that's like if you feel lonely by not having friends it's like that's something that's like that's an internal thing that you need to fix because having friends is not going to fix that does that make sense and like like I want to when I want to be with friends like I want that to be from a place of like I'm completely whole on my own I'm going to pour into you because I'm completely a charged full cup and I want you here because I respect you and I appreciate your company and you add to my life but I'm not turning to you because I feel like I need you like I just feel like they're two completely separate intentions that make the world of a difference so this is actually the thing I found on Instagram I just found it again it said knowing how to be in celerity is central to the art of loving when we can be alone We can be with others without using them as a means of escape. And that's perfect. And that's exactly what I'm trying to get at here. It's almost feel like it's almost kind of disrespectful in my eyes to feel like, oh, I'm going to be hanging with someone because I just because I feel lonely. I feel like I'm kind of beating a dead horse. You get what I'm trying to say. That's my take on that. I'm not going to say that like we don't ever need people. And so like we shouldn't ever feel like they're definitely being in community definitely fills a certain void in us that we can't fulfill ourselves 100 percent. But I do still feel like it's different than like trying to go hang out with people just because you feel lonely, you know? Tips for having a healthy and balanced relationship with exercise, diet, and your body. The first thing that came to my mind when I read this is that you got to switch the intention of trying to, again, this is what I'm trying to, like, this is everything. Like, I really do feel like this is like the secret to like live a truly fulfilling life is when I say like offense versus defense. It's like, and like, you know, like living from a place of not in your power, like in a place of giving your power away as opposed to living in your power. So like, I feel like when I first started, when I didn't really have a healthy relationship with food and exercise in my body, I was living on defensive mode. I was living out of my power. I was constantly trying to adjust those things to look a certain way so I could feel accepted, feel attractive, feel wanted, feel desired, feel worthy, feel enough, feel admirable, feel all these things from the external kind of validation in one way or another or feeling like I had to do these things in order to try to find my self-love when what I said previously right is you got to we're you're 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 running on sand like you're you're looking in the wrong place you're on the outest out outermost layer of the onion when you have to be in the innermost uh part of the onion and that's the place where you're actually able to cultivate true self-love and all that sort of stuff 
And so the thing that changed for me is, you know, doing all of these things for to live a healthy lifestyle because I deserve it as a form of self-care, because I love myself. So I'm going to take care of myself because it makes me feel good, because it makes me feel like I can live life to the fullest. It makes me have the most energy levels. It helps my mental health when I take care of my body and eat well and exercise and all that sort of stuff. So when I switched it to that perspective, that's when I lived on offensive mode and I stepped into my power that is what really helped me have more of a balanced relationship with food is kind of changing my perspective on it and changing the intention that I was acting out of for me to you know engage in all these different activities and do these different acts for myself it changed from you know doing these things to look a certain way to feel accepted and to be a certain way and to be accepted and to doing these things because it's a self-love self-care act and it makes me feel truly good and feel like my best self Dude, I really feel like I'm getting my period soon. Okay, yeah, I just looked. Tomorrow says is a protected period period day. Side note, you guys have to be tracking your periods. If you don't, I'm going to be passed. No, but it has helped me so much with tracking my period to see if my body's overly stressed, how my training protocol is affecting my hormones, how my diet is affecting my hormones and my overall health. So freaking track your period, people. I would actually could do another, share some details about that later. This is such a good one. And this was kind of repeated. It says... Do you believe in destiny or free will? And it says, another one says, do you believe in fate or is life what we make it? Love this question. I actually was hoping someone would ask this. So here's the thing. I kind of know a t- like teachings from this sense of like classic spirituality as to what happens. Like in terms of classic spirituality and what I've learned in more of like a contextual sense or like, is that like we, when we, all of our souls choose to come to earth. We chose to come here in this life with our parents and our living situation. And we kind of know what's already in the cards for us until we're like age seven. Then after that, we kind of start to have free will and are able to decide, you know, what we want to do in life. So that's kind of like the, I want to keep saying textbook definition of it in terms of like spirituality of like destiny and free will and all that sort of stuff and what it means. I feel like I don't know. Like my answer to this is I don't know, but I still wanted to like kind of talk it out and like maybe I will come to a conclusion but I feel like I do feel like there is a like I feel like we do have a set path kind of of our highest potential and that's actually one of my biggest fears is like I I fear that I'm not going to fulfill my max potential so I do feel like we all have like this highest path where it's kind of like the more The more that you're in alignment with your highest self, the more you're in alignment with that highest path, highest life path. And I feel like for me, like that's my goal in life is to make decisions and to, you know, come back to myself to be able to be into alignment and hear the guidance of that highest path. Like that's kind of my, to me, that's like my ideal way of life. But I feel like that highest path of my highest self that is already faded that's already destined do I think it's already written in the stars like before I'm born that I know that like it's been written somewhere that the answer is known that you know I would have my life step by step from now until when I die in that highest path I don't know if it's already known but I do feel like it's already uh, a faded chain reaction in the moment does that make sense So I do feel like there's kind of a destiny in that sense that I do feel like everyone has a highest life path and you know you're in that path when you're following your purpose following your soul's calling following your mission 
living authentically, doing what you love, surrounding yourself with good people. For me, you know, not everyone's spiritual or, you know, related to God. But for me, like that's being in touch with source and with God and with the universe and my the higher power. Like to me, all of those are kind of, uh, you know, me on that highest life path. And that's in alignment with my quote unquote destiny, the closest thing that I can get to destiny, because that's when things just start to happen. There's beautiful quote unquote coincidences, which is really just magic when the universe starts to work with you when you're close to source and all that sort of stuff. Um, And so that's what I mean, where it's kind of faded because things will just start to happen when I feel like if you're not in alignment with that high path, things just seem hard, you know, bad things happen in your day. There's just, you know, inconveniences all the time. And that's like to me, like a lower vibrational frequency of living now in terms of free will. So I guess, you know, coming full circle and completing this answer, not getting too far off the deep end here. I do still feel like we also 100% have free will. So there is that high, that's like the highest highway is what I'm seeing. But like we have the choice to turn, to turn off that highway if we don't want to, if we don't want to be on that a hundred percent. So I do feel like we're a hundred percent have free will, but I do feel like we have with that, we have the option to get back on our highest path trajectory. And as long as we're there, that's kind of where destiny and fate happens and the universe steps in and there's divine intervention. But I do still feel like there's a hundred percent divine intervention when we're not on that highest life path. A hundred percent. Like if we're using our free will and we made like a low vibrational choice, I do still think there's destiny. I do still think there's the universe that comes in to course correct us to make sure we fulfill certain checkpoints in our life that we really are meant to experience. I don't really know you know what you know, causes that to happen for some and some for others and some, some of the time and some all of the time. I don't really know, but I feel like in the least annoying way, I do feel like there is both. And I do feel like there's certain things in life that we can't take out of our path, even with free will. And that destiny is just going to win every single time. How to read a book and actually remember slash internalizing its content. Thank you, beautiful soul. Thank you. You're so sweet. Underline. I underline in every single book I read. It helps tenfold. Wait, circling back because I'm also realizing someone said, do you believe in fate or is it life or is life what you make it? I still do think life is what you make it. And that's what I mean with free will. Like it's still up to us to make the choices and put in the action and the effort to get into alignment with this, that highest life path and stay on that life path. Like I don't think that you can just do nothing and like think like, oh, when when it comes, it's going to come. I think there's some things where you have to let go and surrender and let you know, divine timing come into play. But there's also plenty of time. Like you need to help the uni help you give you that opportunity. You know what I mean? So I still 100% think that life is what you make it. You need to take action. You need to put yourself in positions where opportunities can come and when fate and the destiny can come into play. You know, how did you know you wanted to be a YouTuber slash be an influencer. Honestly, you guys, I'm not kidding. I used to make video, like pretend to make videos in my room when I was 10. Growing up, I would make videos with my neighbors when we were like nine (laughs) and we had our little web show. Like I said, I would pretend to make them myself in my room. And then with my cousin, when we were like, again, that age, we actually posted them on YouTube as well. I have no clue where they are. I hope they're disintegrated. But I, I just have always, I've always wanted to do it. I've always been called to it. I've always loved being on camera. Like also when I was younger, I was always like, I lo- I would dance. I was in theater, side note. Like I loved like being animated and kind of like, acting a little bit not that this is acting we don't like being animated in front of the camera and like kind of being the personality I've always I've always really truly enjoyed that 
and I've always like again you know then when I was like 14 15 I really got into photography and making little videos and that sort of thing and it just like I'm not kidding you guys like I truly feel like it's the perfect blend of all of my pure like childhood interests in one thing with what I like to do now which is like workout and stuff and like personal development so I don't know it's just everything all in one for me how to maintain a good mental health while living in a toxic household good question (laughs) I can relate I think the biggest thing also I think this living in a toxic household growing up is what made me value self-peace and like personal time and being alone so much for sure because that's when it was the less chaotic you know and that's when it was safest for me was when I was alone so I would say like a I'm always definitely going to say journal write out your emotions um you know, whatever you need to filter out and you don't feel safe talking to other people, write it out in a journal, spend alone time. Don't be afraid to remove yourself from situations. You don't need to sit there and take the crap of your family, even if they're your family. Respect your own boundaries and your own mental health and like separate yourself if you need to. And something that really helps me is kind of separating myself in general from like the arguments or the toxicity and knowing that like this isn't me. I don't need to adopt this mindset just because this is my family does not need to be. This is me. You know, use it as contrast. You know, like, okay, this is how they're acting this is what I'm going to do differently in my relationships or in the you know years to come that sort of thing like this is how I'm going to learn from this situation um, and don't feel like I need to embody their same toxic habits you know so those are some things that really helped me do uncomfortable changes really make you grow or is it what people say to make you feel better I think 100% they make you grow and I like 10,000%. I think the point of life, at least my point of life, is to become rich in experiences, whether they're good, bad experiences, or whatever they are. I think 100%. I think, you know, changes are where they give you a taste of a new way of life, which I think adds more depth to who you are as your person, as another facet to who you are as a person. And inevitably, like that is what's going to lead to growth, a more diversified, more cultured human. And I for sure think that it helps you grow. Would you rather spend a year on a boat or on a tropical island? Definitely a tropical island. What's your opinion on porn? Guys, there's no boundaries in our conversations and I'm here for it. I'm not even joking. Like, swear on my own life. I've never watched porn. I've never watched it. So I can't really have an opinion on it based on what I've seen. But based on like the overall concept, I don't agree with it. I don't support it. I think it's very toxic. I want to use that word. And I just feel like it desensitizes so many people and takes the beautiful intimacy and connection that comes with, um, I guess, how I see a sexual interaction should go. I just feel like it totally like it's almost like, I don't know, I just feel like it completely desensitizes it and takes the true magic away from like that one-on-one experience or whatever you fancy. Like, I don't know. But I feel like this, it goes back to how everyone, you know, prefers to have their sexual experience. But like for me and how I see sex, like I think it should be something that I think it is so beautiful if you let it be beautiful. Like you are literally creating one person. If you literally think about it, you, the other person is filling the only hole within you for like, just bear with me, but like, I'm serious. Like you guys genuinely do create one person and I think it's that way for a reason. And I just feel like it sets people up for like also unreasonable expectations and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I don't, I don't support it. That's my, my opinion on it, I guess. 
hot take and I'm already going to put a disclaimer. I don't mean this to disrespect people. My own, I have very close people, very, very, very close people in my life who are, who are on antidepressant medication. This question says, is depression just a perspective slash is a non-medication approach good? I already know I'm going to be treading on water. I know I may offend some people. I know a lot of people may not agree with me. But this is my podcast and I'm speaking my truth, my honest opinion. Respectfully, this is just my opinion. Like I said, there's very, very, very close people to me. Multiple people, three people I can think of off the top of my head who and a fourth one who struggles with anxiety and is on medication. And I still feel this way. I 100% feel like depression is just a perspective. I do. And I feel like non-medication is the best approach. Unless you literally clinically have a chemical imbalance in your brain, my honest opinion is I think a non-medication approach is the best approach possible. I think that you're I think again but again I'm very strong on the other end that like everything is mental and that you can do anything and can believe anything with your mind so I think that people with depression and anxiety just really have let their mind get away from them I'm not trying to toss blame I'm just saying over the years it's kind of accumulated where they've created these thought pattern habits right where they this is how their brain functions now and they are so trapped in that and they think that there's no way out. And that's the thing, harsh truth, when I say that or like I'm like, oh, it's just because they, you know, they they think that they're stuck. So that's why they're stuck. And they're like, no, no, like I'm telling you, like I you just don't get it. I just wake up and I'm sad. But I'm like and they're like, there's no way out. And I'm like, there's no way out because you're telling yourself there's no way out. You're telling yourself you are depressed. You have that label of I am depressed. This is just how mind mind works. And again, I could be completely like, I'm not going to know. I'm never going to know because I'm not clinically depressed or clinically have anxiety. But I just do really feel that way that it is a thought pattern like in your because it's proven in many a lot of my research about how the mind works. So it's the same thing if you translate it to depression and anxiety. It's just that's how the mind got used to functioning. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It is going to take work and reprogramming your mind. But I think it is 100% like just your perspective on things. And my issue with medication, because I'm just going to say my own mother, I'm just going to say it. My own mother is on medication for this kind of stuff. And it's like, her mental health has been all over the board my whole entire life. And which is a big reason why I'm so passionate about mental health now. And you, it's the same thing where she's constantly switching her medicine. And then it, it, it keeps allowing the person because now she's like, oh, I don't know if I should do this because now my mindset is this, this, this. It makes it again, an internal thing dependent on an external thing, like I've been saying. And now you're constantly trying to shimmy it around of what your medication should be or this external thing to try to help this internal thing. And now you're just constantly blaming it on the medication or moving the medication around, trying to figure that out instead of actually figuring out and addressing your internal state mentally of your thoughts, how to properly work through your your emotions, how to look for the good and focus on the good in life. And that's just why I think medication is kind of like the, my biggest issue with medication is that it's, it's just taking you away from actually putting in the work to actually solve the root cause. Medication in my mind for pretty much anything for the most part, I mean, within reason, a lot of medication, I should say, is just a band-aid for the actual root cause of what's going on. And that's what I feel like 100% with mental health. I'm not saying that you should never use medication. I'm not trying to talk down on people who use medication by any means. 
means. I don't want to disrespect anyone, but my honest opinion is that I feel like it just takes away from the effort of actually trying to put in the work to, you know, practice changing your thought patterns. I didn't just grow up thinking all of these thoughts about myself. Like I had to put in the work of repetition, of affirmations, of journaling, of consciously choosing what my thought pattern is going to be. So I'm able to think more positively more easily so I'm able to think more thoughts of self-love more easily like all this is literally written in science of how the brain works the more you think of these things or the more you program your mind like it's literally the concept of neuroplasticity that's what it's called you can change your brain and your thought patterns and all that sort of stuff when you actually put in the work to change those thought habits I'm gonna leave it at that because I went on a rant but that's my hot take with all due respect respectfully that's my hot take Do you think we're living in a simulation? Honestly, I don't really understand like the matrix. And I don't know if that's the same thing as like simulation. I don't really think like I don't. I don't think so. I think we're, you know, a small speck of dust in the whole entire universe with all of the galaxies. And like, okay, we're like a teeny tiny speck on the speck of dust. But like, I think that... I don't know. I still don't think it's a simulation. I do think it's real. I just think there is just so much more above us and bigger than us and around us and even smaller than us that it's hard for me to even, you know, wrap my head around or put it into a tangible thought. But like my final answer is no, I don't feel like we're like in a simulation that like this is all a hoax or like an illusion. That's the word I'm looking for. Life advice about being single. Love you. Love you too, Casey. I think, I don't know. I want to do a whole podcast episode on this because there's so much I can say, but like fall in love with yourself, man. And not even like that sounds so cliche, but like my biggest thing is like work to become a person that you're proud of that like you would freaking want to date. You know what I mean? Like do what you can to improve your value as a human being so that when the right person does come into your life, like you are able to contribute to their life just hopefully as much as you want the other person to be able to positively contribute to your life too. And I just, I don't just be a strong, badass, freaking independent woman. Like that's what I'm all about, you know? And I just, I'm not, I'm not about the like sulking when you're single and feeling like there's no purpose. Like F that, like go be a bad bitch, be independent, have your own life, have your goals, be someone who's just a beautiful person, someone you're proud of, someone who like, you know, explore new hobbies find what you're interested in find what you're passionate about like because now you're going to be in a, not only are you going to attract someone who's also at that higher vibrational frequency as well but like you're going to have such a healthier relationship when it is time for someone because you know how to be alone because you're your own person because you don't depend on that other person to feel you know some type of way or anything like that or like that's just when like the codependencies happen and then it's just like a possessive relationship a dependent relationship and then it's just like it's you know, it's a ticking time bomb in my opinion you know Have you ever done or thought of doing LSD or shrooms or DMT or anything? This has also been asked. Someone else asked this previously or like they asked what was my most memorable mind altering experience on a substance or mind. Yeah. What did it say? It says first slash most memorable time on a mind altering substance. And someone else asked thoughts on plant medicines and your spirituality, weed, shrooms, ayahuasca, etc. Okay. Honestly, Let's go to the first mind altering substance. I have smoked weed and this was in high school. And I remember like they, I remember saying like growing up there, like you might not get high your first time. I got high the first time. And I remember 
I was at my mom's house and she had like black and white speckled tile floor. And I just remember it looked like something different. Um, that's, I guess, the most when I would like, I never smoked a lot, but like it was more when I was younger, like in high school and stuff like that and like beginning of college. Um, but I still do remember distinctly my first time on quote unquote a mind altering substance. I was with my best friend from home. I was in my mom's house and with my best friend from home's cousin. And it wasn't like super crazy, like nothing really happened, but I just remember that and we were smoking out of a bowl and the thought of, okay. And then since moving here, some of my closest friends are really into ayahuasca trips, um, LSD shrooms, like a hundred percent, really, really into it. And I've learned so much because of them. I really, I have not felt called to do LSD or DMT, um, at all I have always I don't know I just don't I I don't know if I don't feel called to do a drug I'm not gonna do it just because like people are doing it or they're like oh you have to try it like I don't want to do it unless I'm like oh I'm I feel curious inside I'm gonna do it so would I do LSD I'd be more likely to do LSD before doing DMT um, because I do genuinely feel like it would help with my spirituality like a hundred percent and like see things that we can't see with the naked eye because also I think this was in the book by Alan Watts where he was kind of saying like our perceptions don't extend past our five senses so like there very well could be a full-on parallel dimension that's happening right around us that we literally do not know exist does not know exist because we just do not have these senses and the perception capability to know it's existing because it's going extending past our five senses that we can actually grasp you know which I thought was so freaking interesting and so true and I think that's what that's why these you know these psychedelics are so powerful because they allow us to unlock different senses and parts of our mind to dive into that so I do 100% think it is valuable especially in terms of for the purposes of spirituality but I will say side note I do think people kind of depend too much on it to feel like oh I want to dive into spirituality I'm just going to be doing all these drugs I don't believe in that either I think a majority of the spirituality self-discovery process is with yourself sober I'm just I'm a sober gal I think there's a lot of power in being sober when you don't need any single you know anything outside of yourself for what you desire like everything truly is with you especially on the journey of spirituality but in order to supplement just like you have some supplements in your workout routine that's when I feel like um, psychedelics would come into play so with that being said I have done shrooms never before been said I have done shrooms I feel weird saying that sometimes I still feel like I'm like in high school where I'm like oh no I don't want to get in trouble by the school but like <laughs> I I don't know I think it's fine um and so, yes, I did do shrooms for the first time within this past year. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, one of the best experience, one of the best nights of my life. I was with amazing people. There was just four of us. We were camping and I like, oh my God, it's making me emotional now. Like it was so, it was so beautiful. And I know that, you know, everyone says like, oh, we're all one, but I... I really like felt it that night like I really truly understood my place like in life like in earth like I was like I am no more or no less than this tree than just like I don't know how to explain it like I felt so much peace and presence and love like my heart space felt so 
warm and i remember i i just would keep i had it was such a cleansing experience for me as well like i kind of kept i wasn't crying but like i was tearful and it wasn't like i felt sad it just was like cleansing like i it was kind of more nostalgia energy and i just was like kind of fascinated by the beauty of everything that it was making me kind of tearful and it just was amazing it was amazing um in terms of ayahuasca I that would be like the next thing that I would be down for, I think. Um, but again, I haven't felt a huge call to do it. One of my friends here loves it and has done it multiple times. I just don't like I said, haven't felt that call yet. Maybe sometime in the future, but that would be an actual like organized spiritual experience. I would be with like a shaman and a group of people and stuff like that. So I would like to do that with the right people in the right setting when the time is right, when I actually feel it, you know, in my heart space when it's right. But yeah. That's my hot take on psychedelics, people. Accepting and appreciating what you have while being excited for the future. Here's a quick little thing I want to touch on this because I was also talking to one of my other friends and he was saying how he was trying to feel gratitude like before the event. And I kind of asked like, why do you want to feel gratitude before the event? Not that it was like a wrong. I just was curious. And it kind of ties into this because it like made me have my own thought about all this sort of stuff. So I think accepting and appreciating and being grateful for what you have right now is what inevitably calls great things to come in the future. So I don't think there is a need to like be constantly living in the future by trying to feel gratitude for what's happening or what's coming or feeling this excitement for the future, if you will. Not that you shouldn't feel excited for the future. I'm just trying to say like what's more important is kind of like I said again, you know, living for the future is going to be in defensive mode. Like you're extending your energy. You're out of your power. Whereas being in your power and living in offensive mode and, you know, being holding your power, uh, you know, taking control of your power, I guess, or sitting in your power, that is being appreciative and thankful and grateful for what is now. It's for living in the now, appreciating what you have now, because that inevitably is going to call in greater things as well in the future. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it's not to say that you can't feel excited about the future at all by any means. I think that's a beautiful thing to feel excited about the future. But I think just, again, always having that focus of feeling gratitude now and focusing on trying to be as present as you can and still remaining optimistic and hopeful and thankful and excited for the future. But really having it really start with it's kind of like in my mind I'm like you should feel so grateful for what's now for all the things you have now that that is what's making you excited for the future is the concept that you have all these great things now for what it's implying about the future. I don't know. That's kind of like how my brain works with that. I don't know if that made any sense, but um, advice for betterment in college, AKA not feeling FOMO, not drinking as much, etc. Great question. I think um, this was hard for me. I'm not going to lie. Freshman year of college, I really made no friends. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I really didn't. Sophomore year was better, but I then I kind of lost balance at all. Like I went really hard the other way and was like, okay, I'm just going to party so I can make friends. Junior year, I was only there for half the year because then I studied abroad. And then senior year was all online and I was here in Utah. So I, it's not easy. I, it really isn't. I'm just going to say that. But you have to, again, prioritize yourself, what you value and know what you deserve in the life you want to have. Looking back, I really don't regret it at all because it built the foundation for the person I am now, what I'm doing now, the life that I have now. Um, so I think it's kind of just like I want to say choose your battles is kind of what I'm feeling like. 
don't be afraid to like don't feel pressured that you have to go all the time with everyone but don't be scared to say you know I'm gonna sit this night out so looking back like I wish I kind of had more balance because like I said freshman year I was like I'm not going out at all like I bear like I drank maybe a couple of times the whole freshman year then sophomore year I was out like I would drink like two three times every single week I would party every weekend so just kind of try to find that balance and like just have your boundaries and go when you you feel like you want to go when it's good for your mental health when you want to have a night to relax and let loose but when you're feeling like no I actually do want to go to the gym and I don't want to drink right now because it's more than I've been wanting to drink then just kind of set that boundary and know that you're not going to agree with everyone not everyone's going to agree with you but it's your life you need to decide how you want to live it college doesn't last forever some of the people who want to party all the time are still going to be partying when they're however old and not have ever really accomplished of anything of meeting or have always kind of been drowning or muting out their true soul's desires and calling so just know that like it's your decision at the end of the day and you're setting yourself up for the years to come. So choose wisely and do what you want to do with that time um, and know that it's not the end of the world. If you do want to go out and drink, enjoy your time with that, you know, right? Like I'm saying, college also doesn't last forever. So cherish those times. So just find that kind of balance and use your discernment of knowing when you want to go out, when you want to stay in and all of that good stuff. Advice of putting yourself out there and doing things you're scared to do. I'm a quiet person. I didn't know if you meant physically like go do something like should I go skydive or just like being more outgoing. I think you mean more outgoing because you said you're a quiet person. My thing is you 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 you're born alone and you die alone. You only have you at the end of the day. Life is so precious. The more I get into spirituality and all this stuff and learn about life like it is so precious that we are here like I just you got you got to live for you you have to live for you and that's just like I don't really have any philosophy around that it's just the concept that I have to say like you you have to live for you you just do and you can't be sitting here worried about other people's opinions or what they're going to think like it is such a waste of time once it truly clicks you're like what the hell am I doing it is your life for a reason and it is their life for a reason if they don't agree with what you're doing that is why they are not doing what you are doing it's literally it's as simple as that and I think just like you just got to know like what what when you're, you know, old, you know, and you you looking back in your life, what do you want to say? You know what I mean? That like I just was kind of blending in with everyone. I just was a shepherd. I was a sheep with everyone. Like I just did what was comfortable and safe. Like what good stories come from that from when you did something that was comfortable and safe? Like it's just life is meant to be lived with passion, with excitement, with enthusiasm. And I understand people like you can be shy as all, all that sort of stuff. But like, I feel like those are just obstacles that we've been given as a part of our soul's journey to overcome as we progress through life. Like I said, I think a huge part of life is growth and overcoming. And, you know, like for me, one of those things was self-doubt. I had a lot of self-doubt. I think that was a part of my soul's journey to overcome, to get here. I think some people are born more shy and quiet that they, you know, are going to be maybe not born, but like it also could have come from just their conditioning growing up of whether that was bullied or how they were raised, you know, subconscious beliefs. Again, like I've been talking about that kind of, you know, molded them to be a quiet person. But again, it's just part of your life path to kind of learn how to overcome those things and outgrow them and learn from them and grow from them. So my advice is just that life's meant to be lived, okay, on your own clock with your own freaking opinion. You can't value other opinions other people's opinions of you more than you value your opinions of you. You just can't. You're going to get nowhere with absolutely no fulfillment in life. What's most important to me is protecting my energy and feeling genuinely happy. And if I like I could give two craps to make people feel like they have power over me by doing something they want me to do at the cost of taking my own happiness. Like, sorry, no, it's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's just not.
Should eating real protein sources be your main priority or both? Need some advice, sis. I don't know what you mean by both, but I think, I don't know. I'm sorry. I feel like every question I have a question back to it. I apologize. I digress. But I think 100% always prioritize real protein sources when you can. I try not to have quote unquote like supplemental protein, like protein bars or protein shakes more than once a day ideally max two times a day but I try to have my protein from actual sources throughout the day how is your relationship with your siblings good bad N-E-T, lol illy I love you too so I wanted to touch on this because I also posted a vlog on my YouTube channel when we went heli skiing and the comments were like you have such a good relationship with your family like you guys can really express how you guys feel and like your siblings have such a good relationship and I just want to say it's not like we had obviously a great day but because we were doing something so fun like obviously we're all in a good mood but like we have 100% had our struggles and when I say had our struggles like I mean recently like in like within the past month like we have struggled I mean like we have struggled for years what I'm saying like even as recently as this past month like there has been stuff that you know happens and so I just want to say like my family's not picture perfect we have a lot of turmoil in my family that we're learning to overcome as we get older but I just wanted to make that also clear like there's just so you guys don't feel alone like we 100% have family issues especially between us siblings as well overall we're close we have more like petty issues that I feel like are rooted from my parents divorce that like still get in the way of us and like our insecurities and stuff overall though like we do have deep-seated love for each other I will say that but like with my oldest sister Natalie her and I were not very, I didn't say we had a bad relationship. We just really weren't close. And I didn't really align with like her, some of her, th- I don't know, kind of some things she was about. But like, as I'm learning to kind of get to know her again, and like, I've been working on my relationship with her again, because at the end of the day, she is my sister. And like, God forbid, like, you know, like at the end of the day, I would so much prefer to put our differences aside and just respect and get to know her as a person, whether I agree with it or not, you know, like it's her and she has the freedom to be who she wants, just like I want the freedom to be who I want to be. So, you know, my relationship with my oldest sister is we're definitely making amends, um, with my oldest brother, him and I go in and out. We're definitely the closest. Um, sometimes we still definitely butt heads on on certain things because he's definitely more competitive and kind of I want to use more aggressive with things with his approach of life where he's just very like competitive, go, go, go. And I just I think that's important. But I also am definitely am a big person of like act out of love. And so we definitely butt heads with that. And then Sophia is the sister above me. Her and I get along very well. She's the closest of just like a normal friend. Like if I were just to have like an outsider friend, like it would seem like, so. I say outsider, like, I mean, like her and I's dynamic is the closest to like a normal friend relationship. So her and I are pretty close. We talk to each other about a lot of things. We, within the past like year and a half, we started talking about like boys and our sex life, which like we used to not do at all. Um, So I think overall, like there's no, honestly, there is tea, but like not tea that I feel comfortable sharing. I'm just going to say it because I want to respect my siblings' privacy for sure. Um, But there just has been differences in like foundational opinions of life, but we're kind of learning to hear each other out now um, just for the sake of like higher purposes and things like that and what really matters in life. So that's kind of the sibling 411. Would you ever travel back to Spain slash Europe? If so, for what? Absolutely. I would love to go rent an Airbnb, work from there and just live there for a few months. Like honestly, 100% might do that next spring. I would love to go back to Spain. I miss Spain so much and just Europe in general. It's so easy to get around. I will be back. Like I will be back. Someone asked if you were to get an offer to be sponsored by Gymshark, would you accept it? Uh... It depends on what the offer is. Not trying to set anything in stone, but like, I don't, I don't think so. 
I really don't think so. I don't feel any attraction to the culture. I don't feel called to them. You guys know I really love Alphalete and I feel like I know that there's a lot of restrictions that come with being with Gymshark. Maybe if it was like a one time or like, you know, from like different from a collab to collab basis as opposed to like a contractual long term agreement, I'd be more open to doing like a one time or a few time partnership as opposed to like a long term contract is what I'm trying to say. But like overall leaning more towards no. If you could change one situation slash thing about your life, what would it be? I don't know. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I kind of know, but like, I feel like I'm definitely that person who's like, everything happened for a reason and, and it's made me the person I am today because my difficult upbringing like shaped so much of my depth, uh, emotional maturity, um, passions of mental well-being and, you know, living life from a place of optimism and positivity. And, you know, it really was the foundation for a lot of that part of who I am. So I don't really want to change that. But like what is coming to my head is like, I wish I can change that my parents weren't divorced because I just feel like our life true, like genuinely, like I'm not being dramatic, like our life would be very different for a lot of different reasons um, if my parents had stayed together. So like, I would like to change that just to kind of like see what it would be like, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know because I I know so many of you guys will be able to relate to me on this because it's not that uncommon but like I have no memory I have not I have one memory of them being together I don't know if my trauma kind of put blocked it out I was four so I also very well just not have remembered anything or if I don't remember because trauma blocked it out I don't know but like I don't have one single memory of like I don't have one. Sorry. I don't have one memory of like my mom being in our childhood house, um, which like that house is so sentimental to me, but yet my mom like is it a part of it like that's what was really hard for me is like I have a lot of I have a lot of other childhood memories that like my mom just wasn't a part of um and it's just hard I guess for me to like wrap my head around that because there's things that my mom struggles with um because we aren't like a nuclear family so I feel like if we were it would take a lot of her pain away um which I feel like would just change a lot of things and like I don't know I've never had like my dad, like both of them would like when I would be at home. You guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did not know I was going to be, I don't know why this is hitting me so hard today. Again, I am PMSing. I was super emotional last night when I was reading a book. So I don't know if it's that, but I just like when I would be home and like my mom would come to my door to say goodnight and my dad would do the same thing to say goodnight at his house and like, I just thought about this the other day like I had a vision I was looking at my door and I was like I wonder what it would be like to have like both of my parents in the doorway 
to say goodnight. Like I and I just kind of visualized that to like have my mom be standing next to my dad and like what that would be like, you know. And I know this like still isn't that big of a deal. Like there's plenty, there's so many kids who have divorced families. And this is just what I mean when like pain is pain for everyone. Um, And so I would never take that away for someone. I know this might seem so mellow for some, um, but again, pain is just pain. So I guess I just have always wondered what it would be like just to be able to talk to like both parents at once and to be able to be around them at once. Um, and like see them sit on the couch together. Like, I don't know, like I just have never, I've never had, I've never seen a normal like family dynamic or like a normal marriage of parents just together in a home. Like my dad has a girlfriend now and my mom has, she's remarried, but it's just like, I, it's, I just mean like my, my mother and my father, like I've never seen them function like normally and have like, oh, these are my parents, you know? This lighting is so whack right now. I don't know why this is happening, but here we are. Okay, moving on. We're going to pull it together. All right, we're going to get to something a little bit more lighthearted. It says, are you getting your own place? Can be at any point. Just want to see the vlogs. Yes, actually, yes. In March. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. It's not really what you think it's going to be, but I am going to have my own place in March. So stay tuned. How much fruit is too much fruit? None. I love fruit. Would you ever be friends with a subscriber? Absolutely. Like, for sure. I feel like we would get along even better because you guys, like, understand me and, like, who I truly am and what I'm doing for work and things like that. All right, you guys. My camera's gonna die, and I feel like that's a sign for us to wrap up this episode. This was great. Super in-depth. I love this. I'm gonna try to do this, like, every 10 or so episodes. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening. If you got to this part, sorry, I kind of unraveled at the end. I wasn't expecting that at all, but it just was coming out. Like, my parents' divorce happened so long ago. And it's just sometimes it's still, I don't know. But anyways, thank you guys so, so much for watching or listening wherever you guys are consuming this. And for our affirmation, which I almost forgot about, I have, I love who I am and what I stand for. I love who I am and what I stand for. Just speaking on, just piggybacking on the self-love movement. So I love you guys so, so much. Thank you guys for watching or listening. And hopefully I'll see you in the next one. Peace out.